This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. The rooster for your morning. All the news you need to know. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC. Welcome to the 77 WABC Early News. On this Thursday, January 12, 39 degrees, cloudy skies. I'm Deborah Valentine with your news, sports, business, traffic, and weather. Here's everything you need to know. The top five at five. Now we have to understand how this could have happened in the first place. Well, the FAA blaming Monday's flight delays on a corrupt computer file. The Nassau County Republican Party wants embattled Congressman George Santos to resign. New York's governor wants to ban gas-fired stoves, hot water heaters, and oil furnaces by the end of the decade. A second trove of classified documents unearthed at a second location then Vice President Joe Biden used. House Republicans keep campaign promises, launching an investigation into the dealings of President Biden and his family. 77 WABC News Time 502. We have just learned there is a tentative agreement in the New York City nurses strike announced in connection with the nurses union and Montefiore and Mount Sinai. And we'll be bringing you details of what we know about that coming up in the local news section. Meanwhile, the FAA, the Federal Aviation Administration, blaming Wednesday's flight delays on a corrupt computer file. The domestic ground stoppage lifted about 9 a.m. yesterday morning caused mounting cancellations and delays for frustrated travelers. The FAA ended up tracing the outage to its NOTAM system to a damaged database file, saying there is no evidence of a cyber attack. The nationwide ground stoppage was the first since 9-11. The ground stop and FAA system failures Wednesday caused a lot of traveler headaches. Here is Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg. Now we have to understand how this could have happened in the first place. Why the usual redundancies that would stop it from being that disruptive uh, did not stop it from being disrupted this time. Had the FAA's new NOTAM system been in place, redundancies would likely have stopped the cascading failures with the antiquated system still in place. There was nothing to stop the outages. As of Wednesday night, more than 9,000 domestic flights delayed. According to the uh, flight tracking service Flight Aware, there were 1,300 cancellations domestically. The Nassau County Republican Party has called for Representative George Santos immediate resignation all over his repeated lies while running for office. NASA County GOP Chair Joseph Cairo said Santos's campaign was constructed with deceit and lies. He was joined by other NASA County Republicans and Representative Anthony D'Esposito, who took office with Santos last week. State Senator Jack Martins echoed Cairo's statements. We will move forward. We will continue to perform our services and our responsibilities as elected officials here in Nassau County. We will continue to represent the residents and citizens of Nassau County, and we will continue to do the people's work. But it will not include Santos. Nassau County Executive Bruce Blakeman calls Santos a stain in Nassau County and the whole 3rd Congressional District. Blakeman further said his office will have no interaction with the congressman until he resigns. 
In Washington Wednesday, Santos again told reporters he will not resign. New York's governor, Kathy Hochul, wants a ban on gas stoves, gas-fired hot water heaters, and oil furnaces by the end of the decade. The proposal is buried in the New York housing compact that the governor unveiled during her State of the State speech on Tuesday. New Yorkers speaking to Fox Business offered mixed reviews to her plan. Go to any nice restaurant and look back in the kitchen. They've got gas appliances. I paid extra to switch to gas, so there's your answer. My whole home is gas. Gas all the way. In the end, it's about if I can save money, yes. If there are incentives, as there were for like EVs in the beginning, sure, absolutely. If not, then I'll just stick with whichever one, whichever option is cheaper. The food industry responded by saying it would tank and bring growth to a halt and destroy the food industry. Restaurateur Stratus Morfogan added this is just a total farce to appease the woke movement. Aides to President Joe Biden have now found a second batch of documents, some of which may be classified at a new location that Biden used as vice president. The materials came to light as Biden aides conducted a search of additional locations where Biden had worked after leaving the Obama administration. Back in November, classified documents were found at the Washington, D.C. office of the University of Pennsylvania's Penn Biden Center. Here's what White House Press Secretary Corrine Jean-Pierre had to say. What I'll say is this is an ongoing process. You heard from the president. He spoke about this in detail yesterday uh, in front of uh, on a world stage in front of uh, in front of many of you who were there uh, in front of many of your colleagues. He laid out what uh, what he knew. Uh, he said that he seriously uh, he, he takes this seriously when it comes to classified uh, documents, when it comes to information that is classified. The White House though, did not comment on the discovery of a second set of documents. House Republicans have kept a campaign promise. On Wednesday, the Republican-led House opened their long-promised investigation into President Joe Biden and his family. Members of the House Oversight Committee are demanding information from the Treasury Department and former Twitter executives as they laid the groundwork for possible public hearings. New House Oversight Committee Chair James Comer during a press conference back in December. Rooting out waste, fraud, and abuse will be the primary goal of a Republican House Oversight Committee. As such, this investigation will be a top priority. In a statement, Maryland Representative Jamie Raskin, the senior Democrat on oversight, echoed the White House sentiment saying Democrats will work with Republicans when they get serious about tackling problems that affect the American people. Well, Vice President Kamala Harris blasted Republican legislators in the House of Representatives after they voted 220 to 210 to pass the bill, the Born Alive Abortion Survivors Protection Act. Now, it would require immediate medical attention for babies who are born alive after an attempt was made to abort them. Posting to the VP account Wednesday night, Harris called the bill extreme and said it will further jeopardize the right to reproductive health care in our country and claimed House Republicans are attempting to control women's bodies. Republican Representative Ben Klein of Virginia touting the bill on the House floor. Contrary to House Democrats and the Biden administration, the American people overwhelmingly believe that babies who are born alive should be protected, that a baby born alive, even after an attempted abortion, should be afforded the same constitutional protections as every other American. And I'm proud to support the Born Alive Abortion Survivors Protection Act. Doctors would be required to care for those infants born alive. Any doctor who violates that standard would face fines and imprisonment of up to five years or both. The bill does not penalize the mother. 
Brian Koberger, the man accused in the fatal stabbings of four University of Idaho students, has a date in court today. The 28-year-old quadruple murder suspect expected to appear in court today for a status conference. He has yet to enter a plea in the case. Koberger and his attorneys are waiting to learn whether prosecutors in this high-profile case will pursue the death penalty. A neighbor who spoke to CBS News said that Koberger had asked him if he had heard about the murders. He brought it up in conversation, asked if I had heard about the murders, and which I did. And then he said, yeah, it seems like they have no leads. It seems like it was a crime of passion. At the time of uh, our conversation, it was only like, you know, a few days after it had happened. So there wasn't much details out. Koberger faces four counts of first degree murder. Three people, including two elementary school kids, on their way home from school were shot after a gunman unleashed an attack on a Washington, D.C. bus Wednesday. Chief of Police Robert Conti said at a press conference the shooter was actually aiming for another rider. But a six-year-old and a nine-year-old were both shot. An adult man shot twice. Here's D.C. Mayor Muriel Bowser. No child should have to worry. Six years old. Know what you're doing when you're six years old? Coloring and coloring books. You're playing dress up with your siblings. You're going to birthday parties. That's what you do when you're six years old. You shouldn't be fighting for your life or recovering from a gunshot wound because of an idiot with a gun who doesn't care about his own life and doesn't care about theirs. The police chief said seven people rushed onto the full metro bus at a stop in the Brightwood neighborhood and began assaulting one of the passengers. The fight then spilled onto the sidewalk. One of the assailants pulled out a gun and began firing. Amid Wednesday's flight chaos in the U.S., nobody is in charge of the FAA, the Federal Aviation Administration. The agency said those nationwide flight delays caused by an engineer accidentally replacing a file corrupting the FAA's NOTAM system, which alerts pilots. The agency is operating without a permanent leader. President Joe Biden's nominee to head the organization, Philip Washington, hasn't even received a confirmation hearing despite Democrats being in charge of the Senate. Washington had faced questions about his limited aviation experience and back in September was named in a search warrant issued as part of a political corruption investigation out in L.A. Dr. Michael Kanders, director of the Aviation Center at Farmingdale State College, spoke to CBS2 New York about what might have caused the outage. So apparently that system failed, so pilots were not able to get onto that system and look at the safety information. So nobody could fly until the SNOTAM problem got solved. Biden renominated Washington last week, signaling the administration's continued support for him, but it remains unclear whether or not Washington will actually receive a hearing. An attacker wounded six people in an unprovoked blade attack in Paris's busy Gare du Nord train station Wednesday morning before being shot and wounded by police. France's interior minister said the unnamed assailant is currently between life and death in a Paris hospital. Meanwhile, Boston Marathon bomber Jaher Sanayev's attorney has urged a federal appeals court to throw out the 29-year-old's death sentence because of juror misconduct claims. Just months after it was revived by the nation's highest court, Sinaif is making a renewed push to avoid execution after the Supreme Court last year reinstated the death sentence imposed on him for his role in the bombing that killed three people and injured hundreds right near the finish line of the marathon back in 2013. His lawyers are now challenging issues that weren't considered by the Supreme Court, including whether the trial judge wrongly denied his challenge of two jurors who defense attorneys say lied during jury selection questioning. 
Well, sexual abuse allegations have surfaced against former heavyweight boxing champ George Foreman. Two women are accusing him of sexually abusing them when they were minors in the 1970s, according to lawsuits filed this week. One of the women is described as the daughter of an advisor and manager to Foreman, and the second woman is the daughter of a boxer who trained with him, according to the documents. Foreman, in a statement Wednesday, denied the allegations. One of his accusers, Gwen Hunter, spoke during a press conference back in November. He asked me to remove my clothes and told me if I didn't, um, my father would be fired. So I complied. He performed oral sex on me. They are seeking a jury trial and damages against Foreman and anybody who may also be responsible for the alleged abuses. 77 WABC News Time, 515. Justin Alex here with Look at Sports. Well, thank you, Deb. But just one local contest to get to from last night, and that was the Knicks out at the Garden welcoming in the Indiana Pacers. And they outlast the Pacers by a score of 119 to 113. Jalen Brunson once again continued to lead this ball club in the right direction, pouring in a game-high 34 points to help New York to victory. R.J. Barrett wasted no time knocking off the rust in his return from a finger injury that had him out six games, as he enjoyed a nice night as well with his 27 points. Here was Jalen Brunson following the game on the win. I think we stayed uh, poised, finished out of the game, and obviously we want to keep the lead and uh, win comfortably, but that team wasn't going to quit. You know, i got to give them a lot of credit. It's got to... You know, continue to hold these better and you know, find ways to um, keep our foot on the gas with the lead. And you know, it's a working progress for us, but um, a win's a win. And especially against a team like that who we're battling with for a position. So um, a win's a win. The Knicks nearly squandered a 25-point third-quarter lead. But like Brunson said, a win is a win. And they'll take this one into a contest on the road in Washington against the Wizards tomorrow night. Looking ahead to hardwood action tonight, it's just the Nets in action as they get set to welcome in the Boston Celtics for a 7.30 p.m. tip-off. And early offseason news already out of game Green's front office as the Jets and offensive coordinator Mike LaFleur agreed to part ways yesterday. The move comes as no surprise as the Jets showed no statistical improvement under LaFleur. The recent speculation about LaFleur's job status prompted teams to inquire about his availability, and the Jets allowed him to pursue those opportunities. The search for a replacement begins today. And looking ahead to action tonight, just on the ice, we got the Rangers welcoming in the Dallas Stars for a 7 p.m. puck drop, and the Islanders, uh, they will get a visit from the Minnesota Wild at 7.30. Here with your early news sports update, I'm Justin Alec on 77 WABC. 77 WABC News Time 519. Lou Dobbs has your financial report. This is the 77 WABC Lou Dobbs Financial Report. The stock market pushing toward its second consecutive winning week. The Dow Jones Industrials up another 268 points yesterday. The S&P gained 50. The Nasdaq riding a four-day win streak up almost 190 points yesterday. Technologies continue to mount a steady comeback. The December CPI update out today. Wall Street betting inflation continued to slow last month. Still, inflation is forecast to be 6.5% higher than a year ago. The Federal Reserve says it still needs more concrete data to consider pausing rate hikes. Crude oil futures steadily climbing. West Texas Intermediate up more than 5% this week. Crude stocks at the highest levels in more than a year. And traders still focused on the global economic outlook and China's reopening. Please join me several times each weekday right here on 77 WABC. This is the Lou Dobbs Financial Report. Keep listening for more to 77 WABC for the Lou Dobbs Financial Report. 
Checking your futures. They're mixed this morning. The Dow down 22 points, 0.06% at 34,090. S&P's dropped three. NASDAQ down 11. Gold up $7.90. An ounce crude oil at $78.08 a barrel. Now that is up 67 cents. The WABC Early News. Deborah Valentine with your 77 WABC Early News. Details for you momentarily on that tentative uh, nurses uh, deal with the union and two hospitals. Of course, nurses would have entered their fourth day of a strike here in New York City today. But first, four alleged gun traffickers are facing federal charges for selling more than 50 guns to undercover officers in Brooklyn. 77 WABC's Bob Brown reports. U.S. Attorney Brian Pease says the group bought semi-automatic weapons and ghost guns in Virginia and sold them in broad daylight from vehicles at a NYCHA complex in Brooklyn. With the dealers sometimes boldly walking down the street, public streets, carrying bags of dangerous weapons right by residents. At least three of the guns sold were traced to shootings around the city, including one in Bed-Stuy, which left eight people hurt at a family day celebration in 2021. Two suspects are also accused of selling fentanyl to an undercover cop. This is the first prosecution in New York utilizing new federal gun trafficking laws. I'm Bob Brown for the 77 WABC Early News. All right, just word a short time ago that the New York City nurses and two hospitals that they were striking against, Mount Sinai and Montefiore, have actually reached a tentative agreement. Mount Sinai hasn't released a lot of information about this agreement with the union, but the previous agreement offered nurses a 19% pay raise over the next three years and a proposal for staffing. Staffing, of course, has been a huge issue at these eight private hospitals in their negotiations, and the hospital sent out a short statement a few hours ago saying, in part, our proposed agreement is similar to those between the nurses union and eight other New York City hospitals. It is fair and responsible, and it puts patients first. Meanwhile, over at Montefiore, the agreement includes a 19% raise and 170 nursing positions, an increase in what's called float pool nurses. Meanwhile, nurses were still uh, walking at the picket line yesterday outside Mount Sinai, Maine and Montefiore, Bronx. In the middle of the strike at Mount Sinai, nurses paused to say goodbye to a very special patient as they picketed, April Hernandez, who was released from the hospital after spending the last 14 months in the NICU due to a lung disorder. Some of the nurses spoke to ABC7. It's heartbreaking that we couldn't, you know, see her in there on her last day. But, I mean, I think this spoke tons what just happened just now. We're all standing here emotional and we want to cry because she's leaving. But we're so proud of what we do and the relationships we build and the really the, the joy that we are able to help these families bring in really, really, really difficult times. And we'll bring you details on this new tentative agreement as they become available throughout the day. Tragedy on Staten Island. A 37-year-old man was stabbed in the neck and killed on Staten Island last night. This followed a dispute, this fatal stabbing, on Elizabeth Street just before 8 p.m. The victim taken to Richmond University Medical Center where he was pronounced dead. And police say so far no arrests have been made. The investigation is ongoing and a few other details have been released at this time. The NYPD's arrested two teenagers in connection with the stabbing of two Taco Bell employees in Times Square. 
77 WABC's Alex Barnard reports. The two teens, aged 17 and 19, were attempting to steal soda from the machine at West 40th Street in Times Square Tuesday night. According to PIX11, the two suspects were confronted by employees when they pulled out a knife, stabbing both. One of them grabbed a knife from the store and stabbed both suspects himself. The suspects were found a short distance away after fleeing the restaurant and were taken into police custody. All four individuals are in stable condition and charges are pending against the two suspects. For 77 WABC Early News, I'm Alex Barnard. Well, Amazon says it plans to appeal a ruling from a director of a U.S. labor board upholding a Staten Island warehouse workers landmark vote to unionize. Wednesday's decision brings the online retailer closer to bargaining with staff on a contract. Kelly Nantel, Amazon spokesperson, said in a statement that Amazon plans to appeal and that it was not surprised by this decision. And this comes a few months after workers at an Amazon plant in Albany, New York, rejected similar plans to unionize. Here's what lead organizer Heather Goodall had to say. If we had not been subjected to uh, several violations of the law, violations of our rights, Uh, The outcome would have been different. So we're going to go ahead and remain strong. We'll get our day in court. Amazon has the right to appeal the decision to a broader panel at the U.S. National Labor Relations Board or can start negotiating with the workers at its JFK 8 facility out on Staten Island. The victory by the Staten Island employees marked the first time the U.S. staff at Amazon had decided to unionize in the company's nearly three-decade history. In a tweet, the Amazon Labor Union, ALU, celebrated the Labor Board director's decision. Rampant shoplifting is prompting action by the grocery industry. The industry is banding together to form a coalition called Collective Action to Protect Our Stores or Caps. One demand they're making is tougher shoplifting laws to thwart serial shoplifters who often resell stolen goods. Stores are also looking at locking up items similar to what drugstores have done. Here's Nelson Eusebio of the National Supermarket Association. People have no fear of coming into your store and stealing and putting something into their pockets, into their, their bags. Once they put it into their pockets and their bags, they feel this belongs to me and you can't take it away from me. And it's rampant and it's happening more and more and it's getting very violent. USBO says that when stores call about shoplifting, police do not respond quickly and the thief can be gone for hours before cops arrive. The National Supermarket Association represents independent grocery stores in New York City. Its statistics show that 30 percent of its membership has left the city. Frank Mart of the Bodega and Small Business Group says around 97 percent of the people stealing items are doing it to resell them. The CAPS coalition being formed is led by independent supermarkets of the National Supermarket Association. The founding members are the National Supermarket Association, the Bodega and Small Business Group, and the Metro Supermarket Association. Well, the world of rock and roll is in mourning this morning. 77 WABC's Alex Barnard has the story. 
English rock legend Jeff Beck is dead at the age of 78. His family confirmed the news in a statement Wednesday saying he recently contracted bacterial meningitis and passed away peacefully Tuesday. Beck rose to prominence decades ago in the Yardbirds and is regarded as one of the most innovative guitarists of his generation. Though he never reached the same commercial success as some of his contemporaries such as Eric Clapton and Led Zeppelin's Jimmy Page, he nonetheless was an eight-time Grammy winner and a two-time Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductee. For 77 WABC Early News, I'm Alex Barnard. If you miss the top five of five and other news, be sure to check it out on our website, wabcradio.com. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC.